ladies and gentlemen, or however you identify yourself. You know, just trying to. I really not gonna talk that way. <laughs> it's just gonna lighten the mood. funny because after <laughs> after all of the bad intros we've ever had you somehow found a way to make it even worse <laughs> okay <clears throat> all right Welcome, everybody, to the Chips and Bits podcast. I am Kenny Myers. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to do my own? Yeah. I'm Matthew Anderson. Hey. And let's get some uh, house cleaning out of the way. First, you can support us on Patreon. You can go to our website, tips-and-bits.com, to uh, follow a link there. There's a link that says support us. Um, we, we, we don't really do anything with your money. We just like it. Second, uh, it just makes us feel better. It's like a, it's like an ego thing. Uh, second, we, of course, would like your iTunes reviews, but I think all 32 of you who listen to this podcast have reviewed it. I believe so. You can share our Facebook page on Facebook. Tell your friends. I don't know. I don't know how this goes. How do we, how do, we do this so that we make money off of it so that we don't have to do anything else? I think you start the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, no, I have started the podcast. Uh, and we're also, uh, we have, we have a little bit of news next year will be an interesting year for the chips and bits media empire, uh, in that we are, are aiming for a multimedia empire. We are going to try for the first time, and this will be a test. I just want to, in case we totally bail on it in like a month, streaming mm-hmm. game playing once a week, mm-hmm. starting in February. Matt, would you like to give more details about that? No, just that we're considering different different experiments, different avenues for how we can try things with video games that both free up our time, keep us interested in video games, and give us more opportunity to interact with people. And another thing is, uh, over the course of this these wonderful podcasts we've been doing, Matt and I have been building up a backlog, because you know the premise of the show is that we both play the same game, and then we both complain about it. Um of games that neither one of us like separately like we don't want to play to- together like matt has his dumb racing games and i have mm-hmm. my weird japanese rpgs and neither of us want to touch the other ones yeah so we're gonna actually have a shorter podcast season next year yep but we're hoping to supplement it with other things so that i guess you can have us more in your life if you want it same amount of chips and bits maybe it's fewer, actually gonna be more podcasts. chips and bits yeah over time but, uh, yeah, we're still figuring that all out, but expect the podcast to return just later in the season, and then you can kind of catch us on uh, Twitch, I think. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Possibly. Uh, and with that out of the way, uh, let's start the show. Hooray. Hooray! It's now time to talk about today's game. Hellblade, colon, Senua's Sacrifice. It's a special game. It is a special game. 
that I thought was boring as hell. Oh my god, really? Yeah, it was <laughs> so boring. Well, it's been a while since we uh, since we had a really really strong difference of opinion. Okay. Oh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was beautiful. It's definitely beautiful. And I thought the combat was was pretty boring. The combat was fine. There were two guys you fought mostly. Mm. And uh, there were some moments in it that were incredible. Like just beautiful, wonderful moments. But to get there you had to walk at a snail's pace. Just slowly one by one. What was the game? It was like Resident Evil 7. It was like your complaint about Resident Evil 7 where the walking was just so slow. Hellblade was that way for me. Like I was just holding down the run component the whole time. The story was interesting. I liked the headphone thing. Did you want to talk about the headphone thing? Yeah. You should talk about the headphone thing. All right, I will. Uh, so one of the things this game has, it uses something called binaural audio. Uh, technology that allows them to kind of fake out uh, 3D space just inside a, a normal headset. And what they use it for in this game, to great effect, in my opinion, <clears throat> is that the character that you're playing in this game uh, suffers from mental illness and arguably a really strong form of PTSD that manifests itself as voices that she hears inside her head. It's psychosis. She suffers yep. from psychosis. And it's, and it's pretty bad. Um, and so these voices that you hear inside your head... They don't, I wouldn't go as far as saying that they actually sound like they're inside your head, but they're definitely directional. Um, they have uh, their, their own characters. Yeah. And they change throughout the course of the game. So sometimes the voices are very scared. Sometimes they're angry with you. Sometimes there's more voices or fewer voices. Well, did you notice that all the voices are like they're the same character? Yeah, they're always in the, yeah, they're always in the same spot. So like is, you'll hear something in your top left ear, you know, yeah. that's like always the same character saying the same thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, they, they use Not the that. same thing, but commenting no, on. No, I've got yeah. you. Yeah, right. they use that binaural technology to basically place one of these voices in a virtual location in your headspace. Right. And then when that voice talks to you throughout the game, it's always coming from the same faux location. Yeah. It's super creepy. It is. Um, and yeah, for the purposes that they use it for, one of the more interesting mechanics in the game, in my opinion, it was really, really well done. I thought it was really well done for the first five minutes, and then it just was unimportant for the rest of the game. No, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah and the, then, the, like, there are, like, moments when they incorporate it again, where they use it. It's almost like the cutscenes were in my ear, you know? It's just like, oh, we got to a big part. Okay, they've changed a little, but there's nothing really that they're offering me that's really interesting. Yeah, they... One of the more important aspects that they Except use... for fucking deep guy voice. That was really fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> I yeah. can even do it because it's a, like a modulated deep voice. It's like... Uh, <clears throat> it's like... I don't even know if you... Senua. No, but that's like... But like with a devil tone like on top Like they add it. like... Let's just add like seven decibels of bass to <laughs> this. Yeah, it's yeah. just really low it's and It's so crazy. cool sounding. Maybe I can find a sample and put it in the notes. Yeah, because um, I'm not going to cut it into the audio. I'm done with that <laughs> shit. Um... Yeah, no. So one of the one of the mechanics they tie in with the voices uh, is that there, you know, you typically have to be you fight in a three D space. Yep. Uh, enemies can come from uh, all around you, and it's really important that you're always um, behind you. Yeah, you can behind you. And so they behind you exactly. Yeah, behind you. Kenny's doing <laughs> Kenny's doing his fake binaural there with the behind dick. you. Yeah, behind you. They they warn you. They warn you if someone is coming up and you need yeah. to block. And uh, it's pretty much just behind you that yeah. they warn you. No, they say look out. 
they say behind you. Look out. Look out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Those yeah. are the two things they say when someone's attacking you from behind. Yeah. Sorry. When the same tree creatures are attacking you from behind. But so one thing that's noticeable is by the time, so as you progress through the game, um, the voices do change. Um, they, they change in context, they change in number, and they change in uh, kind of personality. And then when you make it to the end of the game, you know, it's really difficult to sort of describe the whole arc of the story. It's a short game, but it really covers a lot of bases as far as the story goes. It's, mm. it's complex. It would be hard to unpack it. Uh, but just suffice to say that by the time you make it to the final battle, um, the voices are temporarily, I'm not going to say at peace, but they're focused for a specific reason. And for the final battle sequences, there's only one voice in your head, and it's very calm. So instead of them being like, look out, she's just like, behind you. She's like super firm, super right. supportive, just the one voice instead of the five. But they don't, they don't, and to their credit, they don't act like it's a, like she's cured. Like Correct. Even after the end of the game, like she yeah. still has psychosis. It's still a debilitating thing. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, the story was just like, it was, it was, I don't know, man. I just totally, by the end of it, I was just, just trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of the game. That's crazy. I, I, Dick, describe your I experience. don't know how you can't, I mean. I can look at pretty things for a while, but after, you know, it's just like, eh. The comment was so uninteresting. Okay, so to qualify pretty things, the game this year that we talked about that, Far and away holds the, the trophy for best visuals we've ever encountered was Horizon right. Zero Dawn. Right. Right. I thought it was going to be a long time before we saw something that matched it. Incorporated a game that yeah that that matched it, and I thought for most in purposes this game exceeded the graphics quality of Horizon. There's some there's some areas in which you can tell um, it wasn't a full AAA time consumed game. It's like there's things like. When you're walking through water, the splashes don't look very good. And when you're walking through grass, the grass doesn't move. If you look down, it's it's textured. You know, it's not not fully uh, realized. Maybe, but I also think the advantage was to the fact that we were running this on a PC versus a PS4. But it was the showcase. It was a PS4 Pro and full 4K still, like, HD. The amount of power that we have in our PCs versus our PS4 is significant. Yes. I'm just saying, this game wasn't just pretty. It's it was it's a super gorgeous impressive. game. However, it did have a pretty bland color palette. Mm -hmm. It had like a late '90s, early aughts, like gray color palette. Yes, very much intentionally because it's the land of the dead. But it's still like Horizon had like every color. Yeah, and it just saturated them. It just like puked saturation all over everything. And so, graphics quality aside. The, the one of the most important aspects that they had to get right in this game is that it relies a lot on the actual story, the voice acting, and the way that they can communicate emotion via a single character most of the time and through right. things that aren't cutscenes. So they kind of had cutscenes. They had cutscenes. Yeah, scenes. I mean from time to time, but for the most part, they are moving a camera around your character. Right. They're showing you things, and you get to watch um, this character respond to her environment and respond to the things that she's seeing. Yeah. And it's not perfect. Like, she entered the uncanny valley for me there's still, quite a few times. Yeah, there's still a couple of times where you're like, nah, went a little too far there with the eyeballs. It felt like their eyes were about to pop out of her face. Yeah, there were a couple of times where, you know, it's still not quite there. But, but. Yeah, because when I see the actress, I could see the eyes. Like, yeah. I can see, like, where they got them from. But it just felt like 
in real life, the eyes wouldn't look like they're literally about to come out and yes. attack you on yeah, the screen. Yeah. So, but I just think it's important, you know, because plenty have plenty of games before this have tried something similar. Yeah. This still has issues, but I mean, I, I would I would stake without a doubt it's by far the best attempt at that level of detail as far as facial animations and uh, you know communicating emotion I've ever experienced in a game. It's it's quite good. I don't know if I would say best at communicating facial. I felt like L.A. Noir was pretty damn good at communicating facial animations. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, and I think it's important that none of you who are listening to this waste your time on Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Unless you want to like look at something really beautiful. But you know, Firewatch is really beautiful and it takes less time. I I am I'm incredibly insulted that you even brought Firewatch into the conversation with well, Hellblade. Firewatch is the same sort of stupid kind of story. No, it's not. That like Hellblade I, is very nuanced. It's it's very nice, but ultimately it it just is like it's it's well written. I I will give it that versus Firewatch. This ending. Cuz I mean Firewatch was pretty 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 well written until it ended. The the dialogue in Firewatch yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. The dialogue the story in is not Senua compelling is, in isn't any way. That interesting. No. But uh it just I mean it, it has a lot of metaphors and layers and I just it was but it was such a slog to get through it that it just lost me completely. Like I was just like I don't give a shit what I'm doing. It's obvious that you know, oh, I can't bring uh, you your whole point is to bring your lover back from the dead. And I by the end of it I could give a shit if he came back from the dead or not. I literally, like, literally when they said he can't come back from the dead, I'm like, ah, oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> this, is, this is so, this has such, been such a wonderful journey through a very beautiful landscape that I backtracked through, backtracked through quite a bit. Sure. Just to get to the exit of the areas. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that. It had that impact. Like, I would, I have well, to. Well, I'm being hyperbolic for a fucking no, that's, podcast. No, that's fine. Man. It didn't like, tell, like, I didn't spend weeks thinking, oh no, Hellblade Senua's sacrifice. What does it mean to me as a human being? I was just like, ah, oh, that was a game. To, to try and put, like, a, to try and understand where you would be coming from. Why did you like it so much? So, my guess is this, right? My guess is that, so you're, you're accurate in the portrayal of, you know the the combat is um, boring. It's it's unnecessarily hard to struggle at best because of how crappy it is. Yeah, it's it's uh, there. There's not much reward, uh, and it's yeah, it's hard to master, and it's very the enemies can get very difficult. And, and then you get to that one fucking sequence with all the in the the beautiful. Mm-hmm. bloody land of the dead where it's all the bodies and stuff piled yeah. up and the blood and it takes like two hours to kill all the half of the game is yeah. spent on this one battle <laughs> sequence that was just so exhausting because they just kept sending guys after you you had no indication of when it would end and you kept having to do the same boring combat maneuvers mm-hmm. so in the in the past there have been and games... you couldn't level up you couldn't get cool new tricks you get cool new tricks but you don't really do anything there's games in the I'm not going to let you finish this statement. That we've experienced that have e- no combat and are completely driven by the story and are much slower and require much more exploration and you really have to grind through it. And they're good because the story is good. So like if you enjoyed the story, then the game's great. The one that comes to mind most recently for us was Gone Home. Gone Home is just you walk around and you read stuff and you ex- you explore a house. Right. 
and there's no fighting, there's no nothing, there's no running, there's no anything. And the game was great. You could argue there's a struggle, though, internally with the character. <laughs> the game was fantastic because the story was compelling, right? Right. Because there was something compelling driving so you. So if I hear from you that you really didn't think the story was unique and compelling, which I vehemently disagree with you about, I would understand why you didn't like the game. But if you like the story, I, I don't say, know sorry, why you wouldn't I like I don't mean to indicate if I did say that, I'm incorrect. The story is unique. But not you didn't like it. It wasn't interesting. I wasn't compelled enough to move it forward in the gameplay. Because the gameplay was such a slog to get to what was interesting, which was those little moments uh, of, of storytelling, just little bits, that it made the overall feeling of the story for me just feel like a slog. I'm just I'm having this acid flashback right now where you and I debated the desert scene in Uncharted. And you were pro-desert scene. Right. And I was anti-desert scene. Right. And the reason was... Because there was no fucking reason for it. There was no purpose for me to do that. It was just a gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. This is the opposite, in my opinion. This is like what the Uncharted Desert scene wanted to be as an entire game. Okay. <laughs> and it's really well done. Like, there are, there are parts in this game where you feel like what you're doing is going on a journey and figuring out a story and trying to put together the actual plot pieces and you only realize sometimes halfway through the game that you're not really sure of anything that you've experienced up until this point. The people, the voices, that person you ran into, the fight, the thing on your arm, the door you walk through, what parts of it are real? What parts of it are in her head? What parts of it can you change? What parts of it can you not? And since the, their gimmick, quote unquote gimmick, was to try and put you in the shoes and attempt to experience what it might be like, like they're not gonna get it close because you don't actually have psychosis. But to try and put you in a place where you could feel for a split second what it might be like to experience that, I felt that several times throughout playing this game. Like I felt like I had no idea what was going on, what was real, what was not, and I felt a little bit crazy at times. Uh, I think that's a testament to the quality of what they were striving for in the story. Like They couldn't have done that any other way. I also felt like I was crazy at some times <laughs> when I was walking, quote-unquote, running slowly back from fighting actually a very cool looking and very interesting boss fight through an entire whole loop of an area, even back through its gate all the way to the uh, place where I started. Yeah. And I was I, like, this is crazy. Boring. This is crazy. Boring. There's, you know, I, I think it's belittling to, I appreciate their attempt. I, I want to love Ninja theory games by default. That's the company who made this. They made DMC, which was one of my favorite games to play. It was super fun. And they made uh, Odyssey, Etrian Odyssey of the West, which we've uh, podcasted about. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're just super talented. And they, they do a really good job of taking uh, standard concepts and adding so much to it that's really enjoyable. It just makes it enjoyable. In Etrian, in Odyssey, the West, it was the characters, like, by far. The gameplay was was normal. The, yeah. the characters were so good. Mm -hmm. One could argue the actors playing the characters did it as well. But DMC, it was just, like, it was, it had just unique takes on, on that franchise completely, on the battle system. And this one, I think it, they did a really good job of conveying this idea of this, this, this psychosis, like you talked about, and, uh, and how crazy that must be and there were several scenarios they set up that were always really interesting but it just moved too slow 
and put too much emphasis on really crappy combat that I was really frustrated with it. And the story, like, yeah, I mean, I that might actually just be a problem of uh, of my own interpretation. Like, I just didn't have maybe I just didn't absorb as much as you because I was well, let, just trying. I was just trying to get through. To the next era, because I was so fucking bored with the game. Let's, let's try and unpack what we both interpreted from the story as quickly as we can. Well, it seemed more like a like a like it wasn't real, like it was just sort of a, a made up kind of thing uh, of someone dealing with the grief of a loved one who also happens to have psychosis. But um, what part's not real? What do you mean? Well, for me, like, the, do you think the whole game takes place in her head? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't know that. I, I think there's there's. An I mean, I'm guessing. I don't. I don't know if it's true. It's very vague. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an argument that uh, some of the places she's visiting and some of the places you are going are real places, and she is actually there. But that the things she perceives about herself, like the way her arm looks uh, and the battles she's having, right. those are m- mental battles. Right. Um, and I mean, like the way. The way that certain sequences unfold, you learn a little bit more about her, about her father, who was an abusive religious a zealot. Yep. And her mother, who got burned at this. Like, you learn all these things as time goes on. And, you know, her beloved was killed by Vikings. Yes. And her, this feels like projections of those Vikings in general. So, uh, talk to me. Because there's tree tree head people. Talk to me a little bit about. What are you trying to do here? Are you just like my therapist? No, I want because I want to know. This whole game is up for interpretation, right? And and to me, that's part of what made it fascinating. What was compelling to play it was that like you didn't really know what was happening, and I constantly wanted to feel like, are they going to tell me this is all a dream? Are they going to tell me this is real? Am I going to find out I'm in a fake world, a real world? Am I fighting things? Am I, like, I right. wanted to know what those answers were. And they don't have them. They don't. You, yeah. have, you have to make them all up. So I'm interested to hear, like, so for example, one of my takeaways is that in the beginning of the game, it's sold to you through sort of hints and subtle messaging that this, what you think is a head that you're carrying around in a bag uh, this whole time is the head of your loved one, your mm-hmm. your 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 man friend. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that he was killed and that you had something to do with it and that maybe you want to make it right somehow. Right. By delivering his head somewhere to maybe where he was born or something to save his soul. Whatever. Well, I thought it was to resurrect him from the beginning. Yeah. So I didn't get that, but I did get that you were on some mission for that. It's my interpretation by the end of the game that what actually took place is that you suffer from mental illness you have since you were born. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's old times. People don't know what this is. Your mother also suffered from the same thing, which is why you have it. It was passed down to you. Right. right? Not only was your mom burned at the stake. By your dad. It was by your dad, right? Who then uh, assumed that he could keep you safe. By putting you in a hole. By putting you in a cage or a hole somewhere and keeping you sheltered from the rest of the world. Yeah. And that this this man that you come to love... Wait, hold on. While you're explaining this, I kind of want to do some of the background noise that they do in the game. <laughs> that is one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, it's really good. 
No, but the, when the music would come on like yeah. that, mm-hmm. oh, that was that I loved. The music when it was. I'm gonna was, find the, really the cool. deep voice. Senua. Oh, and that was cool. Like the every audio, time he came on, scared the shit out of you. Like I can't complain about the audio design. It was probably yeah, the most compelling part of this, including the music used and stuff like that, and yeah. and how and when they used it was really good. Continue with your interpretation. So, so then my interpretation is that this this man that you loved helped you deal with this you know you eventually get out of wherever your dad is keeping you captive and he sort of makes you feel better about yourself by constantly telling you hey there, who cares if you're different there's nothing wrong with you you're not a pariah you'll be fine i love you don't worry about it he's he's always you know there for you something yeah. happens uh mainly it seems like it's the, the vikings come um raid the village raid the village and kill everybody yeah that this guy that you loved your dad has been talking to him and trying to convince him that he's wrong, right? That he actually knows better than he does and that there's something wrong with you and you're going to bring a curse to the village. An event takes place that actually convinces this guy that that's true. And he turns on you and then ends up dying. So all of a sudden, my interpretation was that it's not so that you're trying to battle what did, was there actually something wrong with you? Is this psychosis, mental illness that you live with actually something that affects people and actually killed your lover or not and you have to come to grips with what the reality is and you never find out really what senua thinks about that at the end does she think she just finds peace in the death of exactly yeah so that's never answered i think that's amazing i mean that's i mean that's not uh it's not it's not bad i mean i've never like that level of depth of unknown despair in a character. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I've had to try and experience and figure out in that way. The closest ones I can come up with are like the the de- the level of detail in some of the characters in the original Mass Effect series. But nothing like that. Nothing like where you were questioning someone else's existence on their behalf. And I felt like I did that quite often with this by by how they set up the story. Like because her flashbacks are just as valuable and just as prevalent as what she's experiencing now. And it's impossible for you to determine the difference between those two things at any point in time. You don't know what's real, what's not. What's she thinking about in the past? What's she thinking about now? What Did that really happen? Or is that another vision? Did she actually even have a lover? Or is that a version of her, you know, things she's making up? You literally have no idea. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't ring, like it didn't touch me in any way. I, yeah, I thought. It, I mean, I really thought it was great. Like, I thought truly it was great. I thought it was just. I thought it was just okay. And I think. I think everyone should play this game. I think you'd be better off not playing. No, it. I think you should. I really think you should get a pair of. He- I you mean, need if, a pair of. If headphones. you've just listened to this podcast, you've just heard all the interesting bits without the seven hours of gameplay. So. There you go. No, no. I, I left a lot of stuff out. And also, that's my interpretation. If you want to play a game with an emotionally resonant ending, like something that really just hits you really hard, play Brothers. Brothers is great in a different way. No, but it's like, the, the, if that's what you're going for, that's a much better spent, uh, use of your time. I, and if you want to feel frustrated, just play The Last Guardian. <laughs> if you just want to just feel frustrated constantly by how... Uh, Great, some things. Uh, actually, that game was all piss. No, I think there's a lot. So there, are, the, you're, you're, you definitely have some arguments from the pacing, and you definitely have some arguments from the combat. I can absolutely see someone playing this and having a much different experience. If, like, in my opinion, the combat's not good, but it's also not terrible. It's somewhere in between. But the story is also 
involved enough that it can be disappointing. Right. Like, and, and I can, I can totally see a situation right. in which you could take it another way. Are I'm you just sure saying, you can see that? Or is it just the reality you formed in your head to come up with this opinion that has uh, changed around you? No, I see it. Okay. Yeah, I see how you could be that. I'm just, I'm that saying. That was my clever, you're saying. I got what you're saying. It was a shitty, I, I didn't even word it right. I'm saying the, the, but my, I'm my top, lot... I'm top right voice in your ear. <laughs> That's probably where I am right there. Top right in the ear. Just being like, Matt, maybe you should just say, fuck all this or go play some video games. My, my loftiest argument is that it like, it's a game you have to play to form your own opinions on. I mean, that's all games. No, it's not. Okay, well, the Bureau, maybe. Look, I'm <laughs> trying to reference all our greatest hits. It's our season finale. <laughs> we should reference everything from this year. The graphics are amazing. Yeah. The, the graphics are stunning. The voice acting is good. Top notch. Mm, she wasn't always hit. She Her voices were good, but when she was talking, sometimes she would just pace herself a little... Like Lady Galadriel from Lord of the Rings, and I would just be like, "Okay." So in a in a game that that really does depend on the quality of the voice acting, she misses the mark a couple of times. A couple of times, but that's that's saying a lot, right? And sometimes act wise, like because it's motion capture. There's also voices. All the voices in the head. All the, like the, the audio the design demon is voice. great. The audio is great. The audio is enough. I think. I think it's 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 such a like cheap game for like some of the stuff you get. Maybe I'll change my opinion to say if it goes on sale or if it's like you you have the money. No, it's cheap enough. You buy it. And my dog is adding to the podcast. He actually was a fan of cinema, but he thought the whole thing was just a dream. So, okay. So the facial capture, the motion capture and all that sort of stuff, that's really good. Uh, no, but that's not really good. It is. No, because it hits Uncanny Valley. I, look, that's a part of that. Fine. I, but I didn't discount I'm gonna that. I'm going to fight you on all of this because that's what our podcast is about. I didn't discount that. It's okay. there. I'm just saying this is the best version of it that I've ever seen. Okay. Um, and the audio, the, the, the way they did uh, the new sort of audio experience binaural thing, it's part of the game. It's unique. I, there's nothing you've ever else played that's like that. I'm, there's an, whether you like it or not, I don't care. There's enough new, there's enough interesting, unique stuff, and I think that it has the potential to hit people in a different way. That it could be really compelling to almost anyone that played it. Yeah, it could also be terrible. Like you might hate it. That's true. I just think you could like it very much. I thought it was great. Yeah, and I think there are better ways to spend seven hours of your time. Yeah, no, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, no, I say uh, Matt's wrong, and that you should buy another game like Resident Evil Seven, which is super fun. So before we go, and. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. I mean, there's Battle Chasers, which Matt can't put down, which seems way more promising than this. We got Destiny 2. We got Cuphead, which, I mean, if you want to talk about a game that makes you want to, like, take your dead boyfriend to, to hell and back, metaphorically, I don't know how that one works, but uh, Cuphead is just... There's a, there's a very easy solution to this problem. Okay, go Everyone ahead. Everyone listening to this podcast right now can buy... It's cheap enough. Go buy Cuphead. It's cheap enough. Buy Hellblade. Buy Cuphead. And buy brothers. let us know if you like it. Obviously, you can tell we have a disagreement here. <laughs> you just buy Brothers. This is a great game. And then we'll and see. And we, we agree on that game. We'll see who's right yeah. <laughs> and who's wrong. Yeah. So before we started the podcast, I took out my notes. And usually, I have at least 10 or 12. And I wanted to make sure I didn't forget any of my notes about Hellblade. Yeah. I'm going to show Kenny what this says now for his benefit. Ash Bodies. Exclamation point. Why? What's that? That's my one note. Ash bodies. I don't even know. I didn't want to forget that one sequence. It's the first time that you have to pass through what's one of the fire gates. 
Okay. You have to touch this old pillar, and it gives you this flashback where you can see wherever you're at burning yeah. and all the people dying. Yeah. And there's several scenarios in which you have to run. You have to basically open the fire gate and then find your way back in the midst of a burning village and people oh, yeah, screaming yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. to this gate that. and make it through there. And every time you, creepy. every time you engage one of those, you start running. Yeah. And there will be these bodies, these burnt ash bodies at the edge of the running path or whatever. And if you run into them, they like they <laughs> you literally blow up the ash body people. Yeah, I didn't even and run the into first, them. The first time I did that, I was like, oh my god, that was so disgusting and just terrifying. Uh, I thought it was just one of the normally you'd be like, oh really? Did you have to go that far? Yeah. And this was one of those times where I was like, that was very effective. Like I felt very bad running through that ash body <laughs> and blowing it to smithereens. I didn't even run into one. Well, now you have a reason to go back and play I the game, Kenny. I won't touch that fucking game again. <laughs> but I do love Ninja Theory, so I, I, I keep my opinion keeps moving towards your needle only because I like so many different elements. But I didn't like the whole. Well, that's your pro tip. But listeners. buy this and Cuphead. Because those, those, that Cuphead company too. worked hard, and yeah. it looks great. But play Hellblade Even though it hates you. and run through some ash bodies. I promise you will not be disappointed. Uh, you will definitely be disappointed. Well, that's it for our podcast today. <laughs> and for a while. We'll see you on the Twitches when you'll be sharing. And Matt and I will be sure to start off with like, hey guys, Kenny here. Just like all the YouTubers do. Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks for the subscribe. Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash that like button. Yeah. Oh, right. Thanks, dog fucker422 for the subscribe. Uh, yeah, it was really appreciated. Oh, dog fucker44445 is fucking did gold. Thanks so much. This guy's camping. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. You're not the you're not finishing the podcast. I'm trying my hardest. You're gonna miss this. I'm trying my hardest. We love you very much. Yep. And uh, we'll see you soon uh, for the Chips and Myth podcast. I am Kenny Myers, and I am Senua. Sacrifice. Say your name, Matthew Anderson, and we'll see you next year. Bye.